Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Talk about sports. I like it. Sweet. Thanks, buddy. The weekends in the ATL are busy, and there's always plenty of sports to talk about. Radio on the weekends. And that's what we're going to do. Hell yes, we are. This is the ATL Show, keeping you up to date on all the sports in Atlanta and beyond. Sports don't stop, even on the weekends. The ATL Show with Abe Gordon is on. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Now, here's Abe. Welcome into the Abe TL show here on a Sunday as afternoon turns to evening here in Atlanta. Coming to you live from the Kia Studios, and I am here until 9 o'clock tonight. And boy, oh boy, I just saw Trey walking into All-Star Game. Um, he's wearing a $1,300 jacket, and that's like my entire wardrobe. Like, I think if I took... Everything that I had in my entire wardrobe. You know what? You can even include the shoes. Like none of uh, the only the most expensive pair of shoes I have are running shoes. Okay, I was gonna say the shoes would probably be the one that would rack. Yeah, it but up. I'm not a shoe guy okay. in terms of like all the nice expensive crap. I, right, I right, buy right. shoes I like that are comfortable. Yeah, I'll because I buy like lower tier running shoes as my like everyday walk around shoes because they're they're super comfortable. Right. So I'll buy like a pair of like forty or fifty dollar running shoes. I would yeah. never run in them. Get some Asics. No, I, I like Puma. Okay. Puma running shoes. Some sometimes it is New Balance. I do mm-hmm. have a pair of Asics running shoes, but they're like I, I, those are actual running actual shoes. Actual running shoes. Okay. Thirteen hundred dollar jacket. It uh, it's red. It's got like a white little stripe. It's actually like Hawks red, the old school Hawks red. It's not a Hawks jacket. Yeah. But like um, it's a company called Averex. May, maybe I'm pronouncing it wrong. I don't know. Uh. I see Luca walking in like he belongs to the Men in Black. <laughs> He's got the dark shades. He's wearing a black tie. Uh huh. He looks like Men in Black. I, Halliburton's I mean, got it going on too. Halliburton looks like he's walking in with the blood pressure thing wrapped around his his it upper arm. Like yes. It's fur or <laughs> it's faux fur, fur yeah. but it looks like it's a blood pe- uh, pressure device. So, if you are wondering, I am already tuned in to All Star activities and welcome again to the Abe TL show. I'm your host Abe Gordon live from the Kia studios and we're going to talk about all-star stuff uh, and all-star Saturday night more specifically uh, in a little bit because and you can hop on the phone lines now or, or uh, I'll tweet it out in a break. See I, I'm very bad at being able to tweet and talk at the same time and I, I, I don't even think I should work on that. I think I should just have the tweet ready to go and then timestamp it. But I, I do have a question I'll post here in a little bit, but you can also get on the phone lines and answer it as well because i got some interesting thoughts about what we saw last night at All-Star Saturday night. But, but the question in general, and, and I'm not going to take any calls uh, here immediately, but certainly next segment and, and throughout the rest of the hour if you want. If you could make one change or addition or whatever that wording needs to be, if you could make one adjustment to All-Star Saturday night to make it better, to improve it, what would that be? That's the question we're going to be tackling in a little bit here on the ABTL show. But got some other stuff going on. Real quick, we will talk about Trey Young. Uh, more specifically, what he did last night. But we kind of talked about it a little bit at the end of our show when I was doing 929 The Game tonight on Friday and was sitting here. Dom was here with me and it, it, it kind of went from from Trey, like, put in some work at the All-Star events. 
like you sweet talk a couple people, see if you can get him here yeah, to, yeah. to real concern that he's actually the one to get sweet talked out of Atlanta. And we kind of said it as a joke. And look, it's not too tough to connect the dots between what teams would and would not be interested in adding Trey Young in the offseason. And certainly we talked about the Lakers, but they, there's a lot of discussion to be had there. The one team, though, that, that does probably make the most sense has a ton of capital to move if they need to be. And they do have somewhat of a history of, of transactions with the Atlanta Hawks is the San Antonio Spurs. And obviously, Trey is not going to sweet talk the Spurs out of moving Wemby. But I'd be lying to you if we didn't see the still shots yesterday of Wemby and Trey kind of cutting it up a little bit and uh, a little bit of laughter there. And I, I'm just saying, like, that was a concern going in for me was that may, maybe it works the other way and maybe we lose Trey to someone else at the All-Star events instead mm-hmm. of him putting in work, he gets worked. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, if you do a Twitter search today <laughs> of Trey Wemby, not yeah. even Wembenyama. Just, Just Trey Wemby. Man, there are people talking. There are people talking on the tweet box about that. So maybe a little backfire from Trey uh, getting named as an injury replacement and going to do all the All-Star Saturday stuff. But we'll get to plenty of the reaction from that. But, again, we will take your calls, thoughts uh, on All-Star Saturday night. If you can make one adjustment to improve All-Star Saturday night, what would it be? 404-726-0929. Again, I'm going to post the uh, that question, the same question, in a little bit and see if we get some response on Twitter as well. Again, if you want to follow me on Twitter, at Abe Gordon. So Daytona 500, I was excited. I, I, I had literally nothing to do today. It was a super slow and long day. The dog, Chipper, just she goes crazy when I'm home. Like, she wants to go out every 90 minutes. Like, when I'm not home, she just lays somewhere and sleeps. When I'm home, it's, like, in my face. I'm like, you just walked, like, an hour 15 ago. You went rest. You did all the things I need you to do on a walk. I'm not going out again. And I was hoping that Daytona would kind of speed up the day for me between the early afternoon and when I came in for the show. Uh, Unfortunately, again, you know, I – if you're a Daytona fan, certainly you've heard the news, but maybe you're more of a casual. Uh, the race did not go off today. It has been postponed until tomorrow at 4 p.m. So, uh, you know, I, I love Daytona 500. I, I'm not the biggest NASCAR in the, uh, fan in the world. I, I openly admit it. I, I try to get into it every year. Now, I'm not, I don't watch, it's not like I don't watch any NASCAR events. I do. I'm tuned into it. I know who wins the races, mm-hmm. I know a lot of the storylines. It, it just, at some point in the season, like after the third race, normally after the first Atlanta race, it's like, all right, well, do I want to like stay at home or am I going to go to the theaters and watch some bum movie? And I end up going to the theaters and watching right. some bum movie. <laughs> uh, and, and so, you know, I, my, I get going big time with Daytona. It starts to fade after a while, but every year I try to stick with it longer and longer. It just never that's happens. Like, that's like your new year's resolution. Like every year it's like, I'm going to stick with date. I'm going to s- stick with NASCAR this year. I mean, I get through February though, because it doesn't start <laughs> until February. So, yeah. so I mean, I, I'm, I beat most people yeah, in, in terms true. of that, but uh, we're going to sit at home and check that out tomorrow. Uh, 4 PM is when it's supposed to go off. 
Also in the news for Atlanta United, they had their final closed-door preseason match. They did lose 3-1 to one to Sporting KC, and I'm not overly concerned about the, the end result, but I was worried how much we would find out about what happened down there, and luckily Atlanta United and Sporting KC had an agreement that there could be some, uh, some information released about the, the match. And the biggest part of what we learned was that Brad Guzan appears in line to be your number one goalkeeper this year. There was a lot of question about Josh Cohen and Guz and and who would win that job. But Guz was the starter in this closed-door match. So it it would appear that if this was as close to a dress rehearsal as you're going to have before you play Columbus in a week's time, that Guz will be – you're starting goalie there for the uh, Atlanta United, at least at the start of the season. Atlanta Braves down in Northport still gotten spring training uh, rolling through it. And Chris Sale spoke today. And a lot of people are making, uh, I think they're probably going a little bit too far about what Chris Sale needs to be for, for the Atlanta Braves. Can, can we just let him focus on pitching? I don't need him to be the leader of the rotation. I don't need him to be the bad guy when it comes to this. I don't need him to have the one guy that that we're counting on to be grit. Like, like that's just not a concern for me. Uh, maybe I'm underselling it. I think everyone else is overselling it, though, if we're being honest. I don't think the reason that the Braves lost to the Phillies is because they weren't gritty enough or they weren't nasty enough. I, I just don't believe that. If you feel that way, that's fine. I, I just I think sometimes we overstate certain things that are not on the field. And it's not just in this incident. It's, it happens in every sport, in every, you know, for, for in different ways. So I, I'm just not bothered by it. You know, if you're desperate to place something upon Chris Sale. I, I think the growth of Spencer Strider, I think, can relate to Chris Sale pretty much. High strikeout pitcher, how to manage the innings, stuff like that. I know Charlie Morton's on the team, too. He can lean on Morton, but but Chris Sale had a little bit higher end uh, than, than Morton did. So, so maybe if you want to lean on that, uh, I, I can understand that a little bit. But I just, I don't know. Like, I, I'm just worried about... Chris Sale being a reliable number four? Like, we're, I know we're talking, and we're going to hear from Alex Anthopoulos later in the show. He joined the Steakhouse earlier this week and haven't had an opportunity to play some of the cuts, but what he's looking for in spring training. Can we just focus on Chris Sale being, a, like, a reliable four? Like, like, I'm much more concerned about that than how much nastiness he brings to the team or the rotation. If you think it's just, like, obvious and, and no concerns that he's going to be the guy we need him to be. I, I, I'm not, I'm not sure. I think there's some numbers, right? Everyone can find the analytics they want. That was, Oh, look at, look at his spin rate. Look at, look at the strikeouts per nine down the street. I mean, look, I, I, you can do whatever you want for his last five or six starts as a Red Sox to be like, if this is the, the guy the Braves are getting then look out fine. I don't know. Like I'll have to see it. I honestly don't trust very few pitchers year to year. Like Bryce Elder was an all-star last year. We don't even know if he's going to be the number five guy this year. I have no trust in him. It's nothing to do with him. 
Charlie Morton, I have no trust in Charlie Morton get through the season. I mean, he's 40 years old now. There's the decline. I feel pretty good about Strider and Freed, but I don't know. Is Strider continuing to work on that third pitch? I've just seen so many guys come and go and have two or three years, and then it just kind of slips away from them. And they're still good, but they're not dominant. And I don't want that for our man Spencer Strider. And so can we stop making Sale a default leader of the rotation? Can we let him work on his arm? Yeah, I just got here, you know? like Was the last year he, <laughs> he pitched a full full season, like 2019, and before that he had a bunch of injuries, whatever? I just want him to be the good, reliable number four. And look, if we can get him back to the form that we've seen him at in previous seasons, even better, even better. Let's let him just focus on the pitching, though. I need him fielding all these answers about being a nasty boy. Don't need him coming in here like Rob Dibble. I think we'll be all right. Uh, Georgia, basketball. Uh, they they lost again to Florida. It's, it's not good there. Uh, and obviously, Mike White, the former Florida head coach, leaves Gainesville to go to Athens, has yet to beat his old school uh, with his new school. Georgia Tech, however, got in the uh, win column. Big, uh, big victory over Syracuse. So that's what we got on the college level. All right, when we come back here on the APTL show, we are going to get into it here. And I've got I, – I took a lot of notes while I was watching NBA All-Star Saturday night. I was like, man, should I sit back and, like, have a couple of sips or am I going to have my laptop ready to roll this whole time? And uh, I was drinking water with the laptop ready to roll the whole time. The, the bourbon stayed in the freezer, unfortunately. But I took a lot of notes, so we're going to roll back through it and – Look, I, I think it's a simple question because there were a lot of complaints on, on Twitter last night uh, about how dull and how flat some of these events are. And so the question is, if you could make one change, and we're talking one, limit it to one. I don't want a list. I want one thing that you feel would improve All-Star Saturday night. Give us a call, and let me see uh, what you got for me. 404-726-0929. I'm also about to put that. On Twitter, I'll retweet it from the 92.9 The Game account, or as always, you can find it and follow me at Abe Gordon. We're going to break down All-Star Saturday night. If you can make one change to improve it, what would it be? That's coming your way in about five minutes. It is the ABTL Show coming to you live from the Kia Studios on Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. to Abe Gordon with the Abe TL Show. Believe it. On Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Welcome back in, 92.9, The Game. It is the Abe TL Show, live from the Kia Studios. Talking about NBA All-Star Saturday night. I've already got a couple of responses on Twitter. I got one caller, and if you want to join them, 404-726-0929. If you could make one suggestion, change, adjustment, whatever word you want to use to improve All-Star Saturday night, 
what would it be? I have one. I mean, I have I have many, obviously. There's a lot of things wrong. It's not just one issue. I, I have one, though, that I think is actually able to be implemented that, that maybe I would prefer, and we'll see if you guys go along as well. And look, I'm talking about improving the whole night. Uh, there there are obviously a, a just a boatload of issues wrong with the slam dunk contest. We're going to dive into that throughout the, the segment as well. But I, I do want to go ahead and give those who are on the phone lines and have responded on Twitter an opportunity uh, to be heard. Uh, and so we'll start out on the phone lines. Again, 404-726-0929. If you can make one improvement to All-Star Saturday Night, one change to make it better, what would that be? Uh, we go out to the roads. 400 Russ is out there. What's going on, Russ? Yeah, hey, guys. How you doing? Doing all right, man. What would your suggestion be? Would be to push back the um, the number three shot. You know, the the three pointer. Move it back five feet. So you want deeper three balls? Yeah, make it further. All right. So, and I appreciate the call, Russ. Here's the thing. I don't ever remember a group of shooters doing what they did last night. Four guys tied for first with twenty six. Everyone who shot had 20 or above. And multiple guys were able to hit the the starry ball. I don't know if Carl Anthony Towns missed one of those starry balls. He was on it all night long. Uh, Look, I think it'd be pretty cool if you maybe had, like, a couple racks from regular and then a couple racks from deeper. Maybe there's a way to, to meander that. Uh, on Twitter, we've got a couple of suggestions. Again, the question we're, we're asking, and I do have some thoughts on, on what we actually saw and what, what went down last night, especially the dunk contest. But, but, but the question we are asking again uh, is if you could make one change to improve All-Star Saturday night, what would it be? A couple of responses on Twitter. Uh, JR says, make the three-point contest the culmination of the night. It has surpassed the dunk contest and drama, and the superstars show up. Uh, RJ wants to counter that. He essentially says make the slam dunk contest uh, important again. And he says, quote, have bigger names participate in the dunk contest. Too many players think they're too cool to participate. Uh, He's uh, secondarily response is make the prize more meaningful, including a large cash prize. Now, Here's the thing about the idea of just getting the superstars to perform in the slam dunk contest. Could you offer a million-dollar prize and would guys show up? It's still a maybe. It's still a maybe. I don't know why they have the ego that they do. Maybe it would be different if they lost to only other superstars. If you're Zion Williamson... Well, healthy one. If you're Jalen Brown, who did perform last night, if you're a younger LeBron, if you're Anthony Edwards, who I would have loved to have seen last night, like, will your ego afford you to compete with the likes of Mac McClung and lose? I think that's one of the issues. I think they'd be okay losing to other superstars. They can't lose to a G-leaguer. And rather than risk that for their reputation, for whatever that means, by the way, like if you're Anthony Edwards, who cares? 
Like, like, is that what's leading your Wikipedia page? You know whose fault this is, though, right? It's LeBron's fault. Yeah, partially. I mean, it goes back before just him, though. He... He's the, he's, a, he's, he was, the, he's the big superstar that, that everyone like, wanted everyone to see wanted, in it, yeah. and, and he didn't do it. I, and I get that, and, and part of it is him. But you know, there have been plenty of opportunities since then for guys to participate, true, yes. and they, you know, for the most part, they hadn't. It, it was nice to see Jalen Brown step out of his Absolutely. comfort zone. Like the, the thing is, is like there are guys we think of as dunkers. Jalen Brown's not one of them. He's not one, and, and I think we found that out last night by the. By the by the they, quality of say, dunks that they, we saw. We're going to get into that. Him. We're going to get into the slam dunk competition as we go. Don't worry about that. The, the thing is, I, I just don't know if a million-dollar cash prize or whatever the number needs to be is still going to get guys competing. So they've got to find some way to do it because whatever that was last night, like Mac McClung is cool, but if you're going to have him do it, like, if you're going to have no-namer, no offense to Mac McClung, but if you're going to have no-namers dunk, just get the YouTubers. Yeah. And I've been saying this yeah. for you. And this is, by the way, not my suggestion to make All-Star Saturday Night better. But if you're going to have guys do that, just get the YouTubers that kill Gannons of the world out here and let them just go crazy. Like, I was uh, I was sending some tweets last night about a guy. Uh, he was telling me, like, they're, they're, they've been slam dunking for 40 years. There's no new dunks. I'm like, that's nonsense, dude. Like, if you watch the top dunkers in the world, there's new dunks. Like, I, I literally thought in my head of three dunks I've never seen. Now, I don't know if they're necessarily possible. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. Right. But, like, try it. I, I don't know. See if it's possible. But I thought of three dunks last night, and I'm like, I've never seen this. It'd be cool if someone tried this. All right. Uh, before we get to Ray and Daniel, I do want to give my suggestion because I don't want someone to steal it, and then I, I you know, Sounds like I'm copying them. You got to get it it off first. My suggestion is hold the first round of the three-point contest. Save the finals for after the slam dunk contest. One, I I think it helps the shooters because I think there is a level of fatigue that they deal with if they're shooting, especially like we saw last night where they're shooting, then they have a shootout to to get themselves to the finals, then they're right to the finals. I I actually would, uh, would enjoy seeing the first round and then the slam dunk competition, because people are right. Like, the three-point contest has become the premier event. Let that be the culmination, the final event. I also, and I know how it's done for TV, I think they used to do it this way. Separate ends, both go same time. Let them shoot it. I mean, same time, shot for shot, let them let go. I like that idea. I like that idea a lot, actually. Yeah, because I think they used to have multiple guys going. And I, By the way, I, I don't even care. Again, I'm... Now we're going like on more more than just one suggestion. I have my one suggestion. Now I'm building. I don't even care if you get rid of the timer and they go one shot, one shot, one shot, one shot, one shot, and you start to build a lead or you yeah. come back on yeah. guys and you're like, man, because you do it that way, you really get pressure on guys. You're like, oh man, like I'm down three, I need to hit some of the, yeah. or you get the guys like, guy started off so good, I was up four, now he's come back, he's only down one. It's his money rack. I already used like I mean, there's there's yeah, there's, there's other ways to make it more more enthralling, just as an individual event. But but ultimately, what I would do is have the first round, have the dunk competition, and then have the finals. That 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 would be my culminating event, at least as things stand now, where you have the superstars and stuff like that. All right, four zero four seven two six zero nine two nine. You can make one change to All Star Saturday Night to make it better. 
what would it be? Ray is out in Atlanta. What's going on, Ray? Hey, what's up, man? So, a uh, couple things. So, I saw Trey Young sitting there talking to Anthony Edwards, and I would trade Trey for uh, – I'm sorry, to um, Carl Anthony Towns. They were, you know, buddying it up. I, I would trade Trey Trey for Carl or for uh, Anthony Edwards in a heartbeat. I just wanted to put that out there. Um, and also, I, I like your point about opening up the slam dunk contest. I think you know there's a lot of creative dunkers out there, and these NBA guys they just don't have time to sit around and, and work on these creative dunks. I mean, you got a guy who's not in an NBA who's won the thing for the last two years, just open it up. I think that would make it more competitive. But what I would do is uh, introduce a new game, uh, horse. Yeah, so they used to do that. uh, Years, years, years ago, they actually had a two-man game of horse as part of the All-Star events. Yeah, I mean, think about, like, those shots that Steph Curry hits, you know, like, during during the pregame. Like, that that would be cool to see if somebody could be like Steph Curry or somebody like that in the game of horse. You know, see if they can hit an 80-footer or, you know, just some crazy shot. I, I think that would be better than kind of, you know, that that skills thing they used to do, which was just kind of, that got really weird. Um, And and, and the slam dunk has just really fallen off from its peak in in, in the 80s with Jordan and Dominique. Yeah, it it definitely has. And thanks for the call, Ray. Here's the one problem with horse. Guys will get too creative and neither one will make a shot for eight minutes. And it's just too long of an event. I, I think you will run into issues where guys are like, one hand behind the back from midcourt. And I'm like, all right, well, you missed it. Your shot. All right. Uh, behind the back from the three-point line with a blindfold. All right, you – like, it, there could be issues where yeah. the game doesn't finish. Yeah. I think that's a problem, too. Uh, but I would enjoy seeing some of the creativity. Here's the other thing that, that, that uh, you know, I thought of. And, again, this is – I'm not the first person to say this or, or it's not necessarily my original thought – the three-point contest is more efficient because guys actually shoot threes in games. And all of these shots from those locations are part of their regular workouts. Guys guys who are performing in the slam dunk competition ramp up with like two weeks out. It's not enough time to perfect those dunks. That's why you see those professional dunkers who their job is to go around the country on tour with other dunkers and just put on a show. They're working on dunks multiple hours a day, multiple days every week. And they're able to become much better dunkers, much more proficient at that. And unfortunately, the NBAers, they just can't take away from what they actually need to do to to perform at their best in the game. Let's not forget, this is an exhibition, so they're still worried about actually trying to win games and being at their best in season. So that is why uh, another reason I think you see stuff that works out well for the three-point contest that maybe not so, so much for the slam dunk contest. Daniel's in Marietta. What's going on, Daniel? Hey, you have already brought this up, but I say bring in the professional dunkers, the YouTubers, and you could even make it a competition like NBA players versus the YouTubers, kind of like they did in the skills challenge last night. Um, because, like, we all know the YouTubers, can dunk way better than the NBA players. Yeah. So I think it'll I think it'll show people that there are better dunkers out there in the world, but also kind of give you that like the NBA players are still dunking still. Or, or make te- you know I mean there's there, look and I appreciate the call Daniel. NBAers are never going to beat the YouTubers in a dunk contest. They're too good and they spend too much time practicing. But what if you teamed up one NBAer 
with one YouTuber. And it, 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 I'm, by the way, I'm using the term YouTuber as you know the dunking influencer community. It doesn't have to be on YouTube or or whomever. A- any of these guys that might consider themselves just professional dunkers. And, and for those of you who are not aware, there is an industry of that where they they take their tour around the country and just put on a show. And I'll use the name Jordan Kilgannon. That's the one I'm most familiar with. But he's not the only one. And he doesn't win every time. There are other guys out there. Maybe you team them up with the NBAers in some sort of fashion because they're simply put, like, they can't beat Mac McClung. And Mac McClung wouldn't be able to beat Jordan Kilgannon. And so, you know, go at it from that perspective. But, look, I just – the thing is – as much as we talk about the star power of the three-point contest, and there is all of it, there's no denying that, right? It still is not going to get the reaction when it's going good that the slam dunk contest does. Like, like, like you could hit your last 18 straight at the three-point contest, and, and you kind of hear the crowd. Yeah. But if you do something wild, like that no one has seen before, it brings the house down. Prime example. Three-point contests have been really great these past yeah. few years, right? I can guarantee you, you were more excited about Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon's dunk contest all those Do you remember ago. what happened? Like, like I, we never, with the, the only three-point contest that anyone ever brings up as, like, a memory of a three-point contest right. Is Larry Bird shooting in a warm-up jacket? Yeah. No one remembers any other three-point contest. Yeah. None. None. Like I'm. Probably, no one brings it up. I'm probably going to remember the three-point challenge between. You're going to, and, and we'll, and we'll get to that, that next segment. There's definitely potential to grow that as well. I do have one problem with that, which I, I think, obviously, Sabrina Ionescu is a great shooter. She very clearly benefits from one advantage in the shootout, and we're going to have to talk about what that is. In about five minutes. I also do want to get into what actually happened at All-Star Saturday night. Trey actually performed pretty well. He ultimately went home empty-handed in every event. But he he looked pretty good and seemed to be having a good time. The slam dunk competition did leave something to be desired. So if there was something you wanted to do, if you could make a change to improve All-Star Saturday night, we'll keep rolling through with the calls. 404-726-0929. It is the ATL Show coming to you live from the Kia Studios talking NBA All-Star Saturday night right here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. This is the Abe TL with Abe Gordon. Any more questions? On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Welcome back into the ABTL show. It's Abe Gordon here talking to you from the Kia Studios here on a Sunday evening. A lot of people have off tomorrow for President's Day, myself included. So uh, looking forward to waiting until 4 o'clock when Daytona starts. Uh, that, that's pretty much what's going on. But at least that means I can stick around and watch the end of the All-Star game, which I'm sure will be riveting uh, if one team doesn't have like a 38-point lead by then. So we'll, we'll see how that plays out. Uh, continuing the discussion, though, uh, about NBA All-Star Saturday night, I, I do want to get to my actual thoughts and breakdown 
uh, of this. But I got another suggestion here uh, on Twitter. And, again, if you're just joining us, we were talking about NBA All-Star Saturday night. Uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it quite a bit. But I I, I know there were some uh, criticisms and frustrations. Not everyone liked it as much as I did. And so I, I asked very simply on Twitter and also on the phones, and if you want to join in on the phone lines, 404-726-0929. The question was, if you could make one change to improve All-Star Saturday night, what would it be? And uh, we got uh, A-L or A-I? I don't know, uppercase I or a lowercase L. I can't. It's probably Al, right? Probably Al uh, on Twitter said, get a trampoline out there and just do a celebrity dunk contest. Now, I don't know if a, a trampoline's the best idea because it gets dangerous, but lower the rims. Just throw them at like seven or eight feet and let and let rando celebs go after it. Well, I think he like what he'd be talking about is more like the idea of like slam ball, but like with celebrities. Yeah, um, but the problem is celebrities aren't athletic enough, and someone will land wrong that on a true. trampoline. That that, <laughs> that, is that true. By, by the way, like I don't know if anyone if we're getting into the slam ball discussion, I, I do consider myself an expert because I go back to the original days of slam ball, not not just what they've got okay. now. Um, if you land, if you take off from the wrong part of the trampoline, you're in trouble. Like yeah. you've got to hit the right part of the trampoline, and we saw this in like American Ninja Warrior too. Yep. Like those trampolines are designed for like one specific bounce point. If you miss it, you're not going to get the air needed. Like like we've seen mascots do it. We've seen like the halftime shows where a guy is just like woefully short. You got to hit that trampoline right. I, I think lowering the rim to like seven and a half feet. Probably seven is probably too low because people are able to dunk without jumping. Eight might be too high because people just aren't athletic enough, like celebrities, random celebs. Seven and a half feet feels like if you lowered it to seven and a half feet and had it. But again, the way to do this is like pair them with an NBA superstar. Let that guy be their coach. Shoot some footage or something in like the 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 thirty six hours leading up to it when they're already there for All Star Friday night stuff like that. So, anyways. 404-726-0929 if you have a suggestion on what you'd like to improve for NBA All-Star Saturday night. So let's get to what we did see a night ago. Because, again, I really enjoyed it. I know there were some letdowns and frustrations. And in the moment, I was having them too. But I'll be honest, the night went by quickly as I was watching it. Um, and then we got this news a little while ago. It came out just before the show started. They had 10 million unique viewers. It's the largest audience for NBA All-Star Saturday night in the past four years. That's a big number. That's a really big number for the All-Star game or, or for the uh, events of All-Star Saturday night. So 10 million unique viewers across a couple of different channels. I know the, the Turner Sports it was on, I think it was on TNT, but also I think on yeah, True TV or something. Uh, just a warm-up for everyone searching for True TV before college basketball season gets going. Um, so you had the, the the skills challenge, right? Trey, Trey um, and his team kind of waffled around, you know. I don't understand why people who are doing the skills challenge don't, like, run through the course. Like, if you're going to do yeah. it, go do it. I was thinking this that, This jogging thing. And yeah. Scotty Barnes is out here dribbling the <laughs> dribbling ball the off, off his dang yeah. leg. He might have cost the team the win because they only lost by 11 seconds. I, I don't know. Like, if Trey takes it serious and runs, if Scotty Barnes takes it serious and runs, and then Tyrese Maxey, the dude, there's 
There's a line on the floor. They got that stupid glass court. Follow the line. He went outside to, into the wrong direction. A couple like, people did that, though. Like, yeah. It wasn't How just do you do him, it? If you already saw someone, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just follow the line. Uh, and so they end up losing by 11 seconds. I actually thought they had a chance to win. Trey didn't take it too serious. Uh, Scotty Barnes didn't take it too serious. And even if Maxie was taking it serious, he didn't know the course layout somehow. Uh, and so that was that. Uh, team passing, Trey excelled. They ended up losing on a tiebreaker. Uh, I had some questions about the opening round score scoring. It seemed like they added some points late to the Pacers to kind of send them into a tiebreaker. I'm not sure that was there. Uh, and then team shooting, not not a great showing from Trey. Uh, he started out with a, the deep five-pointer uh, and then only hit one other shot the rest of the way. Uh, but the team did finish it first in the team shooting. They, uh, they then went to a tiebreaker to decide all of it. And I thought for sure. They went to a tiebreaker between the Pacers, which had won the first two events for 100 points each, but team shooting, for whatever reason, is 200 points, so it didn't really matter what place you finished in the, in the first two events, so I, I don't know what that's all about, but okay. That's that's just an easy way for them to have these kind of tiebreakers. And so they went to a tiebreaker, which is just a half-court shot. couple of things here. I thought for sure Trey was going to nail it and just bury the Pacers. That didn't happen. And then secondly... How long does it take a trio of NBAers to hit one half-court shot? It was, it, it because did. Trey's team <laughs> took, like, 50-something seconds, 57 or 58 yeah. seconds yeah, it was, of three dudes just hawking it at shots. the rim. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought for sure miss. Trey was going to hit it on, like, somewhere between his first and third attempt. And he, he came close on his first one and, and then didn't come close uh, after that. And uh, unfortunately, the Pacers won. They had like 20 seconds left. They, they, they Not great. Uh, we'll get back into All-Star Saturday night uh, and what I took away from the actual event in a moment. But Diego is out in Jackson. He has a suggestion on how to improve it. What's going on, Diego? How you doing, man? I, I think that the fans should vote to who they want to see at the dunk contest. And then the NBA should make it that those players are mandatory to attend and participate in this event. I think that'll be the best thing for the game, for the fans, and even the players. You know, classic moments. Yeah, I, I appreciate the call. I, I just don't think you can make it mandatory. The uh, APA is yeah, they, they, they would never go for that. Uh, your best chance is drumming up a ton of money from a sponsor and giving it to a winner. But, like, you can't come into a situation where you got, like, a $3 million cash prize. It probably won't be cash. It'll be one of those big checks. But you can't get into a situation where you got that and then, like, Mac McClung leaves with it. And that's, like, hey, five man. time his career salary. <laughs> hey, I think that's actually, I wouldn't be bad for him. I think that would be great because I think then I think then it would almost drum up more interest for the, the people who are kind of coming from underneath and, like, now. Yeah, but, but like, the NBA, the NBA stars need to be in it if they're, if they're going to pay that. Yeah. If, if you're a sponsor, you can't pay that out to Mac McClung for having the best dunk. And, and, and look, yeah, let, let's go ahead and get into it. We'll, we'll save the three-point contest for a moment. Let's get into the slam dunk contest because there were some issues with the judging. I don't know what was going on. Mac McClung was very clearly the best dunker there. Clearly. Like, it wasn't even, like, honestly, the first, like, the first two rounds when you had all four dunkers, Jaime Jaquez, uh, Jacob Toppin, not Obi, but Jacob Toppin, uh, Jalen Brown and Mac McClung, like, with the exception of Mac McClung, bro, those were dunks that freshmen in high school put up. 
Like, like yeah. they were not yeah. impressive. Like, Jaime Hawkins kind of jumped over Shaq, but he's like, yo, Shaq, like, I know you're, you're you're seven feet, but, like, make yourself not seven feet. Can you do yeah, that yeah, for yeah. me? Duck down Can you make yourself me. six, seven? Yeah. Bro, if you're going to do that, just, like, jump over Jalen Johnson. Exactly. I don't know. Like, he had Shaq's head and shoulders. Yeah. Talk, like, <laughs> now, I liked uh, Toppin, though. I thought he, I thought his performance wasn't bad. So, to, the, here's the problem with Jacob Toppin's first dunk. And I wrote down what his second dunk was. Okay, so, here's the problem. Both of Jacob Toppin's dunks had the same issue. And that is what makes them unique and impressive is too minuscule. To the untrained eye, it doesn't look like anything special. Yeah. You've got to put out a dunk where people are immediately aware of what you did. This happens with a lot of dunk contests where guys do one small thing like, oh, he should dunk it right-handed, but instead it was a left-handed dunk. Guys don't pay attention to that. So what Jacob Toppin did with his first, and I agree with you, by the way, they were wildly impressive, yeah. but they're overlooked because of, of how technical they were. Mm-hmm. Jacob Toppin's first dunk, uh, he went, um, well, the first dunk wasn't wasn't that impressive. It was just um, a, a over Obi Toppin. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. The, next the 360, one, yeah. where he, he then dunked it with his offhand, like, like it, was an, it, yeah. it was an improper-handed dunk. Mm-hmm. Like, those things are so technical that people miss it. By the way, that happened with Jalen Brown in his first dunk. Like, anytime you have to go to a slow-motion replay to see what the guy actually did in a yeah, dunk, yeah. there's a problem. Because Jalen Brown's first dunk was really good. It was something I hadn't really seen before. It was a windmill where he switched his dunk at the last second from the natural side that he had windmilled to to then come back to the other side. It's too technical. People don't realize what you've done. Yeah, That's why, I mean, I guess for, to an extent, you saw that with Mac McClung's first dunk too, right? Where he he picked up the ball, let it go let it in go. midair, and picked yeah. it again. But we, we still could see that live. But you might have to ask, did he just? Yeah. And, and by the way, any time you have to double take the dunk and ask, did I really yeah. just see a dude do this? It's a good, it's a good it's a, dunk. It's a 50 in my We opinion. didn't – yeah, and, and that was the problem. The, the, the judging was wild. Mac McClung should have gotten a 50 for the first dunk. And I, I, I don't know. Had you ever seen that dunk before? No, I'd, I'd never seen because that. Because I, I, I said – I had someone yell at me on Twitter like, they've been dunking for 50 years, 40 years. There's nothing new. I'm like, I literally saw a dunk last night I've never done. I, I've never seen. And that was what like I told you. I thought yeah. of three other dunks that <laughs> yeah. I'd never, I've never seen done that I would be interested in seeing if it could be done. I had never seen that done before. And that, that should have been a 50. It, it really should have been a 50. The judging was all over the place. I'm not going to say that it was, like, rigged for Jalen Brown, but – I have some questions. I, I'll, I have I'll some questions. It. I'll say it. They were trying. They absolutely were trying to push the one star that was in there. It into definitely the finals, benefited them, I guess. The problem was it benefited them, and then there's no way Jalen Brown can win in the finals. He didn't yeah. have one dunk good enough to beat uh, Mac McClung, much less four. Like his last dunk, when we saw him putting the glove on, and Kenny Smith is like. Oh, they can't say he go left. He's going to dunk it left-handed. Like, that's not impressive. Yeah, yeah. You're an NBAer. Yeah, that doesn't do You think I, me. sitting at home, are going to be impressed by the fact that normally you would dunk it with this hand, but now it's just a normal dunk? Whereas Matt McClung went with a two-handed tomahawk into a reverse windmill. 
Insane. Like, bro, what are we? Insane. These dunks are not similar. <laughs> Mac McClung won this thing going away. It was embarrassing that the judges put him in a position where he's got to get a 49 to tie or a 49.1 to win. That's a joke. He was so much better than everyone all night. All night. Better judging. I, I, I don't know, like, what the what the solution is to the judging is. <laughs> yeah, like you maybe you have just... fans in the in the the problem is anytime it turns into fans it can it's turn just, into yeah, a popularity, popularity contest, contest yeah. and you run into an issue and, and so I, you know I don't really have a great solution but like there's no way Mac McClung should have been like back against the wall you need someone to give you a 50 to yeah. win this thing like that's wild yeah the fact that he didn't get a 50 all night which was ridiculous uh, no, or, or was until his, the last his, dunk. Yeah, his last one. Yeah, the last dunk when he and the only reason that was impressive is because we watched Jacob Toppin yeah. make Shaq <laughs> bow exactly. down. Yeah, and then Matt McClung's like, Nah, don't no. bow down. Yeah, I'm just actually, gonna go ahead and jump two. over yeah. you uh, and into a reverse. By the way, um, I was not overly impressed by like, you know, what was impressive about Matt McClung's third dunk where where he had the guy on the shoulders of the other guy holding the ball and he yeah. kind of jumped over one and a half guys. Mm-hmm. And for those of you who, like, do some leg day stuff, that guy held a half squat for a long time with a dude on his shoulder. <laughs> yeah. He was down in position That's, just yeah. holding that guy. And I'm like, is his legs going to start shaking? Because if this guy collapses as McClung is running up to him, it's going <laughs> it to be like, hilarious. Yeah. But, like, that was as impressive. In that specific moment, doing that squat for that long, because, remember, he missed yeah. the first dunk. So I he had to keep holding him. Had to keep holding him. It's like Vince Vaughn. It was like dunk. Vince Vaughn in old school where he's doing the rings. He's just still holding. Yeah. Still holding. Yes. It was almost that impressive. So there you go. All right, there we have it. Uh, some thoughts on All-Star Saturday night. If you want to continue sending me some thoughts, feel free on Twitter at Abe Gordon. I- again, it is the ABTL show live from the Key Studios. But when we get back, uh, earlier in the week, Dukes and Bell were up at Flowery Branch, the Ticketmaster Studios. They got a chance to sit down with both offensive coordinator Zach Robinson, who you all know I love, and defensive coordinator Jimmy Lake as well. We're going to dive in to what we heard from them and what I learned. I Look, they weren't supposed to say certain things, but they couldn't help it. And I, I picked off a couple of comments that I actually thought told us something. We're going to hear from both offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator next as we start our second hour, it is the ABTL show live from the Kia Studios on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. 